0: Hey Future Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. And I'm Andy. And we are the hosts of Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Each week we'll dive into some of the most unnerving crimes that this unnatural world has to offer. Listen for Unnatural on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, make good choices. And don't get got. Bye. Bye. Dee West and this is Broken Limelight. Today's episode's going to be a lot, so I'm not going to waste a lot of time. I'm going to break down the case against Bill Cosby and the charges against him for sexual assault. Surprisingly, a lot of people have no idea how deep these allegations go. Bill Cosby has been accused of sexual assault by about 68 women. The alleged assaults date back as far as the 1960s and up until 2008. Bill Cosby was convicted at one point, but he was released after serving only 2 years. He wasn't released because he was found to be innocent, however. It was more like an administrative fuck-up. But let's break it down from the beginning. Bill Cosby was born William Henry Cosby Jr., born July twelfth, nineteen 1937. He is a stand-up comedian, actor, and author, born and raised in Philadelphia to his parents Anna Pearl, who was a maid, and William Henry Cosby Sr., who served as a mess steward in the U.S. Navy. Bill Cosby was class president as well as the captain of both the baseball and track and field teams at his high school. He was known by his teachers for joking around a lot at school instead of studying, and he described himself as the class clown. As well as competing in sports, he enjoyed acting in plays. Cosby earned his high school equivalency diploma, and he was awarded a track and field scholarship to go to Temple University in 1961. He got a degree in physical education, and he played fullback on the college's football team. He began bartending at a Philadelphia club where he earned bigger tips by making the customers laugh. Later, he would appear as a comedian on several popular variety and talk shows on U.S. television, such as The Ed Sullivan Show, The Jack Parr Program, and The Dean Martin Show. Cosby also released comedy albums, seven of which won Grammy Awards for Best Comedy Album. Cosby's big break was when he got the role of Alexander Scott, an undercover CIA agent on the NBC show I Spy. I Spy became the first weekly dramatic television series to feature a black person in a starring role. This was a huge deal because in the 60s, black people were often not getting big roles like this. I mean, they were always playing, they were always typecast as maids or chauffeurs or like a goofy comedic relief. So when Bill Cosby got this role in I Spy, his character was eloquent, educated, spoke several languages, and he really opened the door for black people to start demanding better roles. He... He went out there and represented black people in a different way than they had been seen before. Younger, well-established comics like Jerry Seinfeld had credited Cosby as an innovator, both as a practitioner of stand-up comedy, as well as a person who paved the way for comics to break into sitcom television. Jerry Seinfeld has said a lot in support of Bill Cosby. Like, I've seen interviews where he said that he doesn't understand how people can't separate the art from the artist. But let me just tell you something about Jerry Seinfeld. He's pretty fucking creepy. A lot of people don't know this, but when Jerry Seinfeld was 37 years old, he dated a 17-year-old girl. Bill Cosby had this joke that he started telling in about 1969. It's referred to as the Spanish fly joke. Spanish fly is supposed to be like an aphrodisiac that you would slip into a woman's drink. And then you would wait for the women to just get all loosey-goosey and hop into bed with you. Spanish fly was the thing that all boys... Uh, at from age 11 on up to death <laughs> we will still be searching for spanish flour. <laughs> right. and 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 what was the old the old story was if you, you took a little it drop no, it was on the head of a pin, pin that's right and drop you it, put in it in a in coca-cola drink, don't hot, matter it doesn't make it and the girl would drink it and, and she's hello america <laughs> he told this joke for decades and and nobody really thought anything of it either for a long time. Cosby went on to work in shows like Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, and he did the show The Cosby Show, along with a few spin-offs. In 1997, Bill Cosby lost his only son, Ennis, when he was robbed and murdered on a Los Angeles highway after he stopped to fix a flat tire. Now, nobody really heard about Bill Cosby being a sexual predator until about 2014. Some people may know of Andrea Constand as the first person to come forward against Bill Cosby in 2005, But this actually wasn't the first time a woman tried to make accusations against Bill Cosby. In the year 2000, a 20-year-old actress named Lachelle Covington filed a police report against Bill Cosby. Lachelle had a recurring role as a waitress on The Cosby Show before this relationship with Cosby turned sour. Lachelle had a recurring role as a waitress on The Cosby Show. She alleges that Cosby put her hand under his t-shirt and guided it south towards his sweatpants, leading his hand to his groin area. However, Lachelle pulled her hand away before it got there, and that was the end of that. She told Cosby she was leaving, and he said, that's fine. So she filed the police report, and the police consulted with the Manhattan District Attorney's office, and they decided that no crime had been committed because, until the very moment that Lachelle pulled her hand away, all actions had been consensual, supposedly. So, like, because she never actually touched his penis, they decided that no crime had been committed. The police decided to never question or charge the comedian. Lachelle's family says that he actually went further with her, but she didn't include that in her report. Her father said Bill Cosby scared her half to death. She ran out of the house. She was traumatized and she didn't even tell her mother for two days. In 2005, a woman named Andrea Constant filed a police report alleging that Bill Cosby had drugged and raped her. Andrea was a former basketball player at Temple University and she went to work for their basketball team. Cosby, who studied physical education in the early 60s, also served on its board of trustees and regularly attended their games. Andrea was introduced to Bill Cosby by a donor. Cosby became her mentor, and over the next two years, he earned Andrea's trust in that of her family. Andrea would attend dinner parties and stuff at Bill Cosby's home, and Cosby would later say that he had a romantic interest in her from the beginning, but Andrea wasn't aware of this. She was actually a lesbian, and she was in a relationship at that time. One day in 2004, Andrea visited Bill Cosby and confided in him about her stressful day and she told him that she had a headache. Cosby offered her three blue pills. Andrea only took holistic medicine, so he was like, yeah, these are herbal. Shortly after taking the pills, Andrea started to get fuzzy and lose control of her muscles. She was semi-conscious as Bill Cosby allegedly touched her breasts and crotch and put her hands on his penis. She woke up around 4am to find her clothing askew. Cosby came in the room wearing a white bathrobe and offered her a muffin. Andrea had just put in her two-month notice at her job, but in the meantime, she had to keep seeing him at work. She said that his voice felt like a stab in the gut. She decided that it was time for a career change, so she left her job and started training to become a massage therapist. Throughout her training, she started learning things about bodily consent. A year after the incident, Andrea was having nightmares, and she was dreaming that women were being assaulted right in front of her, and it was her fault. She was carrying a guilt for not coming forward, and she was worried that other women could also be victims. Or worse, maybe more women already were victims because she hadn't come forward. After a particularly difficult nightmare, she called her mom on her drive to work and spilled everything. Bill Cosby drugged me and raped me. Andrea went to the police and filed a complaint. They did an investigation, and then the district attorney decided not to file any charges against Cosby. Cosby basically said, "'We had a consensual encounter.'" and they decided that there was not enough evidence to prosecute him for anything. In February 2005, after learning that he would not be charged, Cosby was asked about Constance's allegations, and he said, I'm not saying that what I did was wrong, but I apologize to my loving wife who has stood by my side for all these years for any pain that I have caused her. He vowed not to give in to people who try to exploit him because of his celebrity status. Another woman came forward in 2005 after learning that the charges were not pursued in Andrea's case. This was California lawyer Tamara Green. Tamara alleged that Bill Cosby groped and fondled her in her apartment in the 1970s after immobilizing her with what he said was cough medicine. She also alleged that Bill Cosby gave her pills when she was feeling sick at one of his restaurants. Around 30 minutes after taking the pill, she said that she lost all motor control and was face down in her lunch. Cosby then offered to drive her home. He helped her take off her clothes and got her into bed, and then he sexually assaulted her. She said, He had gone from helping me to groping me, kissing me, touching me, and handling me. After she confronted him, Cosby left two $100 bills on her coffee table and left the apartment. Green said that she did not report him to authorities because, quote, The first thing you feel is stupid, and then no one will believe you. This is the great Bill Cosby. A third woman came forward in 2005. Her name was Beth Ferrier. She alleged that in 1984 she was working as a model when she and Cosby had a brief affair. He invited her to a show, and when she arrived, he gave her a cappuccino and told her, It's your favorite. After she drank it, she became dizzy and lost consciousness, until she woke up a few hours later in the back seat of her car alone, parked in the alleyway behind the venue. Her clothes were disheveled and her bra was undone. She was confused and disoriented and didn't remember anything after drinking the coffee. She confronted him after she came to her senses, and he told her that she had too much to drink. But she didn't have anything to drink except the coffee. Barbara Bowman was another woman who came forward in 2005. She alleged that when she was an 18-year-old aspiring actress in 1985, Cosby was her mentor and brainwashed her into viewing him as a father figure. Cosby gave her a glass of wine, she felt all doped up, and she says, He pinned me down in his bed while I screamed for help. I'll never forget the clinking of his belt as he struggled to pull his pants off. I furiously tried to wrestle from his grasp until he eventually gave up, angrily called me a baby, and sent me home to Denver. Over the four days of depositions by Andrea Constant's attorneys, Bill Cosby testified that he obtained drugs with the intention of giving to women to encourage them to have sex with him. In November of 2006, Bill Cosby settled with Andrea Constant for over $3 million. But more and more women started to come forward. And before I get into that, I want to clear something up. There is a misconception that all of Bill Cosby's victims are white women, and this made people believe that... This was just an attack on their black hero. But in reality, about one-third of the accusers are women of color. After Bill settled with Andrea, everything got quiet and nobody talked about what Bill Cosby did to any of those women who spoke up. Until 2014. On October 16, 2014, a stand-up comedian, Hannibal Burris, made a joke about Bill Cosby being a rapist. A reporter filmed it on his phone and it went viral, sparking a huge conversation and empowering more and more women to come forward. So what Hannibal Burris basically says is, Bill Cosby has the fucking smuggest old black man public persona that I hate. He gets on TV says, Pull your pants up, black people. I was on TV in the 80s. I can talk down to you because I had a successful sitcom. Yeah, but you rape women, Bill Cosby, so turn the crazy down a couple notches. I don't curse on stage. Well, yeah, but you're a rapist, so. So then in 2014, a mountain of allegations occurred. Like, dozens and dozens of women came forward between 2014 and 2015. And I'm not going to get into all of their individual stories just because they're, like, crazy similar. He always gave them or a pill or a glass of wine or a cappuccino or some kind of drink or something. A lot of these women were young models or young actresses, and Bill Cosby was mentoring them. And I I can understand where that's confusing. Initially, I was sitting here wondering, like, how how was he going to mentor a model and a basketball player? And, like, what advice could he possibly offer these women? I tried to put myself in their shoes, and what I imagine is that he didn't come to them as, like, a business partner, but maybe rather as, like, A father figure or a grandfather figure who is proud of you and wants to see you succeed. So maybe he wasn't like, I'm going to teach you how to walk on the runway, but rather I'm going to find you the perfect photographer to get you headshots and I'm going to get you a manager and I'm going to connect you to this agency. I mean, remember Bill Cosby was somebody who was well respected within colleges. He was donating to charities and he had all these scholarships. He had a lot of connections. And again, he's America's dad. So I can only imagine that it wasn't just a business thing, but he provided some kind of warmth and familiarity. Like, I believe in you. I'm going to help you. One of the documentaries I watched about this was called We Need to Talk About Cosby. It's really good. I highly recommend it. But they also interview a lot of celebrities, like actors from The Cosby Show. What I found interesting was that for the most part, these actors didn't want to believe it. They initially were like, no, that's bullshit. These people are lying. They're all copying each other's stories. It's not real. And little by little, they believe it. They spoke to somebody and realized, oh my God, it's, at tr- it's true at least for that person. So it must be true for more of them. And a lot of them recall models going in and out of his dressing room. So some of these accusers include Joan Tarshis, Linda Joy Traits, Janice Dickinson, the model, she testified that Cosby gave her a pill and then was rendered motionless and then he got on top of her. The next morning, she felt vaginal pain and noticed semen between her legs. Janice said that she wrote about her assault in her 2002 autobiography. However, Cosby and his lawyers pressured her and the publisher to remove all of of those details. So she actually tried to come forward before any of this. And that's another difficult thing is that a lot of women don't exactly remember what happened. They just remember waking up with the the vaginal pain or semen on them or next to Bill Cosby's naked body and they they might have like flashes of seeing his skin and things like that, but they don't remember exactly what happened, and this is what made it so difficult. And a lot of people didn't believe them. Uh some other notable names, Carla Ferrigno, she's the wife of Lou Ferrigno, the fucking incredible Hulk. She says that in nineteen sixty seven, when she was a teenager, she went on a double date with Bill Cosby and his wife, and Cosby got her alone at some moment grabbed her and kissed her hard before she pushed him off of him and ran back to her date who then took her home. By the way, Bill Cosby was about 12 years older than her. Like I said, many of these women were models and a lot of them were assaulted in the same place, which was the Elvis Presley suite at the Las Vegas Hilton Hotel. On November twenty third, 2014, a former employee of NBC Entertainment who says that he worked for Bill Cosby came forward to say that, He regularly brought women to Bill Cosby's dressing room, and he was also asked to send money to multiple women over the years. Frank Scotty was 90 years old now. He claimed that as Cosby's right-hand man, it was his job to guard the door after bringing young women to his dressing room in Brooklyn, but that he doesn't know what went on behind closed doors. There were also numerous Playboy Playmates or Playboy Buddies that alleged that Bill Cosby assaulted them as well. Uh, Apparently Bill Cosby was like best buddies with Hugh Hefner, and he would hang out there all the time. Among these women are Victoria Valentina, P.J. Matson, and among all of these assaults, there are even accusations of some woman being underage. Judy Hoth alleges that she was 15 years old when she met Bill Cosby on the set of a movie that he was filming. He invited them to his tennis club the following weekend, and there he served them multiple alcoholic drinks before taking them to a party at the Playboy Mansion. Hoth alleges that at the party, Bill Cosby molested her by putting his hand down her pants and then taking her hand and using it to perform a sex act on himself. By the way, a jury in California actually found Bill Cosby guilty of this sexual assault on Judy in 1975 when she was a minor. Dozens and dozens of women came forward between 2014 and 2015. In July of 2015, the court documents from Constance's case in 2005 were released. Those were the ones in which Bill Cosby had admitted to giving a woman quaaludes to try to have sex. This information wasn't released to the public before. New York Magazine released a cover photo of 35 of Bill Cosby's accusers and featured their stories about their assaults and their decisions to come forward. At this point, all of these universities and colleges started to pull Cosby's honorary degrees and return any donated funds they had received from him and his wife. One of the most recent alleged assaults occurred in 2008. This was Chloe Goines, a 25-year-old Las Vegas model and one of the youngest women to come forward. She filed a lawsuit against Cosby claiming that he drugged and assaulted her in 2008 when she was only 18. She believes that Bill Cosby spiked her drink at a Playboy party and after drinking it she immediately began sick to her stomach and became dizzy. She awoke to Cosby masturbating and biting her toes and said that her body was wet as though she had been licked. Chloe's lawsuit accuses Cosby of sexual battery, gender violence, intentional emotional distress, and it also accuses Hugh Hefner of conspiracy. There might be more women from the Playboy Mansion that are not coming forward. According to P.J. Madsen, there's at least a dozen. Because of Bill Cosby's relationship with Hugh Hefner, none of them want to open that can of worms. In December 2015, Bill Cosby filed defamation countersuits against seven women who accused him of sexual misconduct, including Beverly Johnson. Cosby's lawyer said in a statement, he never drugged the defendant and her story is a lie. By February 2016, Cosby would drop his lawsuit against Beverly Johnson. The district attorney from the 2005 case testified that he didn't file charges back then because he didn't think that the constant allegations would stand up in court. In March, Cosby was ordered to stand trial in the sexual assault case, and he waived the formal arraignment, thus entering a plea of not guilty. By now, Cosby was completely blind. He suffers from a degenerative eye condition that causes the cornea to bulge. In July of 2017, the criminal case against Bill Cosby ended in a mistrial. The jury was unable to render a unanimous verdict on any of the three counts against Bill Cosby. Cosby's second trial began in April 2018. He was charged with drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constant at his Pennsylvania home during a visit that she made in 2004. Again, Cosby denied the charge and said that any sexual encounters were consensual. The judge allowed five additional women who had accused Bill Cosby to take the stand as prosecution witnesses to corroborate Constant's account. For the first time ever, the prosecution publicly said that Cosby paid his primary accuser $3.38 million in exchange for her silence about him allegedly drugging and sexually assaulting her. The jury began their deliberation. Cosby was convicted on three felony accounts of aggravated indecent assault in the case involving Constant and two others. The judge sentenced Cosby to three to ten years in state prison. He was denied bail during the pending appeals. After a little over two years, Bill Cosby's conviction was overturned. Apparently Bill Cosby had some kind of verbal agreement with a prosecutor back in the first case. And apparently it was only because of this deal that Bill Cosby admitted to giving women quaaludes with the intention of having sex with them. So my understanding is it's kind of like... Bill Cosby was offered immunity for testifying about himself. Which doesn't make any sense. It seems like some prosecutor early on fucked up and made him this promise, and Cosby was like, well, I would have never said that if this wasn't promised to me. So Bill Cosby was released from prison. However, it does not mean that he was deemed to be innocent. So I hope that lays that to rest. If you really don't think Bill Cosby is guilty, I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, I understand people think that women are coming after his money but it's really funny because there's actually not really any money in this and in fact it's kind of a big risk to go after somebody like him like you're risking losing a lot of money by going after him but that is a conversation we are going to have in part two so in part two i actually had the honor of interviewing one of bill cosby's accusers her name is mrs lisa lot lublin she alleges that in 1989 when she was 23 years old and working as a model Bill Cosby offered to mentor her before building a trusting relationship with her and her family and eventually drugging and assaulting her. Lisa was also the one who successfully fought to have the statute of limitations changed here in Nevada from four years to 20 years. So stay tuned for part two and we'll find out exactly what happens in these encounters with Bill Cosby. That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning into Broken Limelight. Don't forget that you can go to brokenlimelight.com and see photographs and video interviews about this case. I've also neatly broken down the timeline of these allegations so you can get a little bit of a better understanding and see just how many women and how similar these accusations are. And not similar like they're all telling the same story, just little details like he has the same M.O. every time. Okay, be back soon. Bye! Bark box, bark box, bark box, bark box. You guys know my dogs, Jude and Eleanor Wigby. Well, we just started getting them bark box, and I'm telling you, your dogs will love you. No more are they angry at the mailman. No more, I say. It's like a box of dog joy that's delivered every month, and each box tells a different story with different themed toys, treats, and photo-worthy props. Typically what we get in each box is a couple of toys, a couple of treats, and a chew, but you can actually tailor fit your box to fit your dog's needs. Guys, I'm telling you, your dogs will love you, even more than they already do. So try it out, and if you use my link, you'll get a free extra month of BarkBox, which is a $35 value. So just head to BarkBox.com slash BrokenLimelight and get started on your first BarkBox today box bark box bark box <laughs> nailed it jude